Hello, agriculturist. I'm your host, Jacob Simpson, and welcome back to a new episode of I Believe TV. It has been a crazy week for me, so I apologize if all of y'all are wondering how come I'm not posting as much this week. I've just been so busy with school, so I apologize deeply. But guess what? Today's a new day, and I have a new episode for you guys. Today, I have the one and only Louisiana FFA State Vice President of Area 1, Ellie Timms. Ellie, would you please introduce yourself to everybody on the show? Yeah, so hey y'all, my name is Ellie Timms. This year I'm getting to serve as one of the state vice presidents on this year's Louisiana FFA State Officer team, and I'm so excited to be on here tonight with you. I love your accent. I have to say that right now. (laughs) Your accent's awesome. Thank you so much. But yet again, you you are pretty down south. You're you're in Cajun country, so I get that. But <laughs> your accent's so cool. I'm going to be saying that all all uh, all recording. <laughs> so I have some questions for you. If one is too hard to answer in the moment, please don't hesitate to ask me. If we can come back to it later, are you ready? I'm so ready. Yes, ma'am. First things first. What got you to join the FFA? Oh goodness. So it's kind of a funny story, actually. So FFA was always going to be kind of something that hit my across my path. I come from an agricultural background where I live. My family's farmed for years. My daddy has cows. He farms soybeans, corn, that kind of stuff. And I always was kind of interested in FFA. I had friends older than me that were in it and said, Ellie, you need to do this. You need to do this. So I finally got into high school. I was like, hey, I want to do this. So what did I do? I knew where the ag building was. So I just marched my little self over there. And I was like, hey, I want to be in FFA. And I paid my dues. But I wasn't an ag. <laughs> and I went my whole freshman year without being an ag. And I was like, you know what? At the end of the year, I realized I didn't get called to a single meeting. We didn't do anything. And they just didn't have FFA really that year. But then the next year, my sophomore year, we got a new ag teacher. And I went back over there. I'm like, you know what? I want to be an ag. Or he was actually walking back, and I saw he had Twisted X on. I said, you've got to be the ag teacher, the new ag teacher. He said, yep. I said, how do I be an FFA? And he said, let's go get your schedule changed, and we can get you in there today. So, of course, my sophomore year, it's like maybe four days in, maybe, and I got my schedule changed, and that's kind of how it all started from there. <laughs> A little rocky so, beginning, but we got there. So, what was the holdup in uh, freshman year? So, they just really, the ag teacher, <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of activity. And there wasn't a whole lot of members. And then my new ag teacher came around. And that's when our chapter kind of took off, I guess is what you could say. So we just kind of, it was kind of a rocky beginning. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a little. So is your school like pretty small? I live, my school was very small. My town's very small as well. There's probably going to be like 60 people in my graduating class. Like it's very oh, cool. small for, it's one of the, like, we're like a, I'm not sure how other states do it, but we call ourselves a 1A. So that's one of the, or 2A actually. It's like one of the small schools in the state or one of the smaller okay. schools in the state. Okay. So we have that same system up here in Oklahoma. My school's a, uh, just bumped up to 3A. So my graduating class has about 85. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty similar. Okay. Uh, my ag uh, program has about 115 and we have eighth graders too. Um, so that eighth grade class, has roughly the same size as my class, but half of their class is in FFA. So we brought in 42 F graders this year. That is so awesome. We actually just started having our, we just had an ag teacher in our junior high as well. So we just started a junior high chapter this year. And before that, 
we do we are a pretty small school but for our school size i did say we have a pretty big chapter which we're also affiliate so we have maybe 115 members ish in our high school and then i'm not sure how many we just added adding a junior high but i want to say we're pushing maybe 130 ish now 130 140 ish something like that that's a pretty good size so what made you choose to stay in the ffa Oh my goodness. You know, I, when I started FFA, I would have never thought that it would have had the impact that, I, that it did on me. But really through that, I've always been kind of connected more. We also have horses and stuff. So with my family being agricultural background, stuff like that, I've always been more connected to the cows, to the horses, that kind of stuff. But throughout my time in ag class, throughout different activities and stuff I've de- done through FFA, I really got con- to connect with that other side of it, other than the cows and the horses, and realize I always knew that it was important but how important it actually is and how agriculture relates to everything. And not only that, but growing up, I was always really shy. I did not like getting out of my comfort zone. And FFA did exactly that. It made me get out of my comfort zone. It made me start talking because Lord knows I was not about to start a conversation with anybody. I would talk, but I was not about to start a conversation. So that's really helped me a lot with that. Just public speaking, just personal development overall, and really helped me connect with that side of my family. I love that. So uh, my friends are always like, Jake, you're an FFA. You got to do this public speaking, right? I'm like, I guess I do. Um, And they just expect me to be on the stage and talk because, you know, um, being president of my chapter, they expect me to do more. I don't mind talking in front of people because I'm a social butterfly. Um, Like today we had uh, something called Meet the Doggers. And uh, my school are – our name is the Bulldoggers, which is the only school in the country that has that name. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know what a Bulldogger is, it's somebody who wrestles steers and jumps off horses. Uh, very cool, in my opinion. So um, people didn't know me, but I'd walk up to them like, hey, um, how are you guys doing? I'm a manager for the football team. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're one of the managers, right? I'm like, heck, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just having conversations with random people, you know, meet little kids and elderly people and it's just so fun because you know you're just getting to see everybody smile and happy um that's one cool thing about the ffa too every uh, conversation i have uh whether it's on the phone or in text or at a competition we're all happy there's nothing negative about a conversation and about public speaking that is my favorite thing about ffa Yes, I love that so much because just from my years in FFA, I've also been able to see other members kind of make their way up in it as well. And seeing them come from backgrounds that they do and them grow in it as well, it just makes my heart so happy. And I just got to say, I love y'all's mascot. I've never heard of Bulldoggers, but I team rope. So like I, I go to a couple rodeos every now and then, but we mainly just go to team ropings. But I love that so much. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what it was until I moved here. Uh, back in 2021 and i'm like oh that's pretty cool um i actually got to be the mascot uh like last semester i tried out for it got the position and then the next month i got you know elected in all these offices for different organizations i'm like my cousin she's the head cheerleading coach and she's like oh yeah i won't have to let you go uh you got too much on your plate buddy (laughs) love her to death but i mean she has a point and here i am uh, wasting all my time, uh, you know, just in the shop making metal parts and such. But it, it's it's something I enjoy, um, and I love that you you t- uh, you do rodeos and such because um, I've never been to a rodeo, which seems weird because I'm from Oklahoma and rodeos are everywhere. <laughs> but one of my fellow chapter officers, she does uh, r- team roping for the oh yeah team roping and barrel racing 
uh, for the Kansas High School uh, Rodeo Association. And I am I'm looking up to her. Um, sure, she's uh, only a sophomore, but she is really good. I'm super proud of her. She's won a lot of awards and such because of it. That is so so cool. I think definitely rodeo kids like if a phase is kind of something this crosses in their path and they can just take it and run with it because they're kind of 4-H rodeo FFA they kind of go hand in hand together so I love how they can just kind of bounce off together and you can make stuff out of it so what's your favorite part of the FFA oh my goodness my favorite part of the FFA um that's a that's a question right there I'd probably say my favorite part of it is definitely just I love hearing other people's stories of how they got started in the FFA because one thing about FFA is that some people do come from that background with agricultural, but you don't have to to find success. From Louisiana, we have 10 state officers on our team, and there's only three of us that come from that background. And when I got involved with it, I was like, what the heck? Like, I didn't realize it was like that. And, like, you could find so many successes in that many ways, and that's just so cool to me. And I'll also say – how it pushes you to do your best because I'm not sure about you, but I, I have a competitive edge. And when I first started, I was definitely shy. But when I started going, I was like, you know what? It's time to win some stuff. That's just, I'll, I'm so competitive. I've always been like that. And it brings out that edge is like, Hey, if you just keep on trying, whether you find success in it or not, you're still pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and finding something that you care about doing. And that's kind of how it worked out for me. And I just love how I can continue to push myself and along with my fellow officers, help them do the same and other members as well. I love that about you. You know, you're always pushing people to do their best. That's what I try and do with my officer team. Um, sure, they, they find it a little bit annoying, but it's because I truly care about them. And I really tr- uh, care about our successes um, in this chapter. You know, my, my ag teacher, Mr. Epperson, um, he's always pushing me. Today he was he was making fun of me because um, I'm not doing a concession stand tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, you know for a football team um, I got to do end zone cam, which is a little bit boring, but again it's kind of fun uh, just watching the boys hurt each other from uh, the field. And uh, he's like, you know what? Here you go, football podcast, and then you got this stuff, and then all the way at the bottom is that I'm like, are you kidding me? That's not how it. And he's laughing his head off because he knows I truly do care about this organization. But you know, I I'm trying to um, push the effort into people. You know, I want them to know that they can be successful too. It's it's not just reliant on one person. It's a team effort. Yes, I love that so much because that's sometimes all it really takes is somebody who's kind of down themselves, may not want to put in that effort, may not think that they can. Sometimes just somebody right there that sits sitting there saying, you can do it. Like, come on, do you give it a shot? That's really all it takes sometimes. Yeah, and, you know, if it wasn't for my ag teacher pushing me, I probably won't be um, pushing others to do the same. You know, it. Um, you know, leaders aren't born, they're made. A hundred percent. I agree with that completely. And I'm going to, my ag teacher has done the exact same for me. Like, that man... It, you know, it's kind of weird thinking of, like, ag teachers as friends, but that's exactly how, I, like, I talked to him about all the FFA stuff, like, because it can get, it can get stressful time to time, and just being able to have that person that you can go to, especially an adult like that, it helps so much. Yeah, it, if I was on the opposite uh, sideline of him, he, he could probably, I could probably hear him scream at me, you know, go Jake, go Jake, because that, that's how he is. He wants to see me succeed, and that's what this podcast has done for me. I have been getting i've been feeling like a winner every day because of this and i couldn't thank anybody but you guys you the guests and the listeners are you're the reason why i have been so happy and felt so uh, like 
achievable, you know. Um, this is really cool, and I, I just love it. Oh, what's it? I'm oh, that's making my heart so happy. I'm guessing this kind of turned back into SAE. Yes. So this wasn't supposed to be an SAE. Um, it was a little bit of a hobby, but then like earlier um, in August, I decided to make an SAE. Um, I've already spent like 80 bucks on it and um, I'm getting sponsorships now. Um, I made 10 packets because, you know, I don't want to go overboard with it and I already have two businesses wanting to sponsor, but I haven't like went over to them yet. So, yeah. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Getting a little bit of money, um, you know, put that towards a, a truck and pay off my insurance and gas. So I think I'm, I'm set. Heck yeah. The hard work's going to pay off. So with your favorite, um, this question, nobody likes answering, um, because you know, it's a little bit hard to answer, but it's just not their favorite to answer. So what is your least favorite thing about the FFA? Oh gosh, that's, you're good at these questions. Um, (laughs) I'll probably say my least favorite part is it is not, I'm not sure about other schools, but it's not pushed as much as mine. I know that's not really something like, oh my gosh, like I don't like that about FFA, but I wish some schools would make it more like mandatory, I guess. Like we just got our chapter added to the junior high and I kind of think that schools can add some throughout junior high, of course, of course, push it more in high school and even possibly, I know some schools have like, ag culture classes in elementary school like I feel like that's something that could really start building interest at a younger age and when students get to junior high when they can start competing and stuff or in high school when they can really dive into it that it just kind of has them an interest that's more built upon and they can really they can find they have the interest already set but when they get in there they can figure out what they're passionate about figure out different career opportunities how they can chase what they want to do find whatever they want to set their heart on and work on their way out through a high school but I just don't think that it's advertised the way that it should. I'm not sure if that's the correct word I should use, but I know most people, when they think of FFA, they think about sows, cows, and plows, and that's not all that it is. And that's a very mis- uh, misunderstood misconception is what I would say, call it, I guess. And I just think people should realize that it's more than just that and the opportunities that it provides students for really all ages. So maybe start teaching them young. Yes, that's pretty much what I would say because – like I said, from there, they can kind of, I know as a kid, just about anything you told me about, I was interested in. I would go home and I'm like, mama, guess what? This is what I learned about. Like, <laughs> tell me more. Stuff like that. So I kind of, I know not all kids might be like that, but it kind of be like, hey, this is something kind of interested in. I'm interested in. And when they get older, they can chase it to how they need to. I actually really do agree with you. So something my chapter does every year is we have um, like a story time with the elementary school kids. Um, some years we'll bring out like a, a soil guy costume named Sammy soil, uh, and read them a children's book, or we'll just, uh, bring some of those guys and read them a book about beef. Um, cause you know, uh, planting crops and, you know, beef cattle, really important stuff. Um, and you know, we're trying to teach them young about the importances of these two types of industries, you know, field farming and you got this cattle farming and production. Um, you know, we're just trying to teach them young and let them know that, you know, this is where your food comes from. It, it just doesn't <laughs> grow in the supermarket. Oh, no. I, that's one thing. I'm glad you said that because that actually is one thing that we do for our elementary school, too. We go over there and we read the officers that year. They go over there and read John Deere books. 
Um, yeah. That's something that we look forward to all the time because, you know, like I was saying, kids are like, oh, my goodness, that's so interesting. And it really just kind of makes your heart happy because they're little kids, like, interested in where their food comes from and just not, oh, it comes from the store. People have to put effort into doing this. So I love that so much. So um, speaking of tractors, um, <laughs> this question was asked by one of my listeners and potential guests. Um, he asked, what do you prefer, green tractors or red tractors? John Deere all the way. I have to say it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I know everything about tractors, but we have, did you say red and green? Yes. Uh, we have one red tractor, and that thing's sitting under the shed right now. I ain't working. All the green <laughs> ones, they're, they're steady going. <laughs> oh, man, on a hot summer night. Yes, I oh, love yes. John Deere. Um, yeah, John, yeah, I could sing that song word for word. So, funny thing, uh, my family, we have three tractors, but none of them are green or red. We have orange, and you're probably wondering, what's orange tractors? Uh, Kubota. Um, Don't ask me why we have them. That is a question for my Uncle Tommy. Uh, He decided (laughs) to go with orange, I guess, because uh, my family is a huge fan of Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State main color is america's brightest orange um (laughs) but yeah we have orange trackers they work like a charm i love Mm -hmm. driving them um but i wish we can get john deere john deere is just you know it's a staple to this country and it's just i think it's better i'll have to agree with that statement but i do one of my best friends her daddy is a salesman for Kubota, so i can't hate on Kubota. okay okay so, if you could change one thing about the FFA or an agriculture in general, what would it be? Oh, goodness. Um, something that I wouldn't necessarily change about that, but I guess kind of what you were saying earlier about people just think, oh, this food comes from source. They don't realize that, I mean, like I said, I come from an agricultural background. I stayed at nights with my, at my house waiting for my daddy to get off the combine, waiting for him to get off the tractor, waiting for stuff like that. It's not just something that happens overnight. It's something that you have to put months of work into. Spend, you have to, I mean, Louisiana, I'm not sure about anywhere else, but Louisiana ain't got no rain in a hot minute. Grass is dead. It's hot as all get out. And we're just, it's something that you have to depend on the weather for sometimes. And if it's not, the weather conditions aren't how they need you to be, then you're just out of luck. And you just have to make it work with what you have. And sometimes that can lead to replanting crops. Sometimes that can lead to all kinds of certain situations that farmers aren't very fond of. So I just wish that people would kind of realize that that's not, their food doesn't just come straight off the shelf. There's people that spend hours of working that that go into putting that food in a can or putting that meat on the shelf, stuff like that, or in the ice department. (laughs) I'm actually really glad that you brought up, uh, you know, you guys haven't gotten rain in months um we haven't either i mean we've gotten like some showers but they weren't like anything drastic um yeah so our ponds and rivers and lakes are uh drying up in my area uh this summer we were under a water restriction and uh basically that made us citizens in the area um have to pay more for like 2000 like over uh yeah over 2000 gallons uh that we use in a month so if we go over that 2000 we got to pay more and then if you reach this amount, you got to pay more and then this amount more and more and more. Um, so I watched a movie not uh, too long ago. It's on Netflix and it's called The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. If you guys don't know that story, it's about a kid from, I think, 
Eastern Africa, what uh, one of the Congos, um, his village was under a severe drought, and uh, their main uh, source of money was growing co- uh, crops in the fields. So, um, because of that drought, they couldn't grow anything, and uh, their uh, economic state was collapsing, their government was collapsing. So, this boy. Um, he was super smart. He knew everything about radios and technology. Um, so he picked up a book at a library about uh, wind energy. So once he read that book, he built a windmill uh, so that he could uh, like make an irrigation system with the water well in his village. And he successfully made an irrigation system for those fields. And within a few weeks, uh, they started making more money because they were able to grow crops. That is so cool. I think it's so, I, like, I think it's just so cool how just a kid like that can make such a huge impact. Because, like you said, that's their main source of making money. And if a kid can make that small of an impact, then that's just I, that's just so cool to me. Like, that's the only way I know how to say it. I think he was, like, 12 years old at that time. It was, oh, he's an adult now, but, oh, my gosh, he was a, he was a little kid. And he, he has these brains just to do something great. Um, us FFA members can do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we can't like, I mean, we can, but we probably won't like do something like amazing like that. I mean, we could, but you know, it's insane to us because, you know, underdeveloped countries, uh, like the Congos, uh, and you know, mainly Eastern Africa, they, uh, they're reliant on those crops and, uh, exporting those goods, um, for their, uh, economy, you know? Us FFA members have the power to do whatever we want uh, in the future for farming. You know, that's what we stand for. And that's why uh, I made this podcast, you know, uh, not because I, I was like talked into it, but, you know, I want to share the importance of why agriculture is needed in our country. Yes, I think that's so important, too. And I was reading about like the kind of, I guess you just say description of your podcast. And I absolutely love that because we, I mean, we are the future of agriculture without Without FFA, of course, there are some people that are going to be in the agriculture industry, but we are the future leaders, whether they're going straight into the fields or straight into the office for agricultural lawyers, agricultural leaders, stuff like that. So I love that so much. So how close are you to, uh, let's say, the Mississippi River or the bayous of Louisiana? I am actually, so I am from North Louisiana. I am Northeast Louisiana, so I'm not very close to the bayou. Um, I'm, I would say the closest I am to the Mississippi River is that you can go over at Natchez, and I'm about an hour and a half from Natchez, Mississippi. I think that might be the closest I am to the Mississippi River. Okay. So, you're not, like, incredibly close, but, you know, you're close enough. Um, say, do you guys have, like, natural spring water or water wells in your area? We have some. They're not that common up here, but... Um, there are uh, some in our areas that farmers use, yes, and people, I mean, just people use day-to-day still. Yeah, that's what my family use. You know, whenever uh, we don't want to use um, our own well water or spring water, we decided to buy from local farmers uh, from, you know, around Oklahoma who actually got that water uh, that they can sell. Um, so I, I think it's really important that we try and find better ways to obtain water for our crops. Yes, especially, like you said, getting those from those local farmers, just supporting local businesses in general. That's a huge help to farmers and everybody. So where do you see agriculture in the next 10 years? Oh, my goodness. Um, 
you know, the world's changing each and every day. And I definitely feel like while there, I'm not saying nothing bad about using tractors and combines and stuff like that, but it's definitely not going to be as much hands-on as it is now. Technology is making its way each and every day, more advances. And that could be for the, I mean, it's for the better for most of it, but also kind of we're fading away from that, getting our hands dirty, getting that work done, stuff like that. But I just see technology coming in more and more. And I mean, majority of our farmers right now, they are old, older, like ready to retire. And we just need those younger farmers coming in, ready to put the work in, you know, put those hours in, get what we need to get done, done. Because, I mean, agriculture is everywhere. Just about everything that you do on a day-to-day basis, you can relate it back to agriculture in some way, shape, or form. So, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So just those changes right there is just something we're going to have to look out for. Not necessarily in a bad way, just kind of keep our eyes open for it. I, could, I, I don't know how to respond to that because that's actually a really perfect answer, you know. Um, I, I do agree that uh, farmers are leaning more to the um, older side, you know, uh, I think the average age of a farmer is 60 years, uh, according to some people. And then, you know, in 10 years, the average will be 70. Um, and, you know, us kids nowadays, especially in our school systems, they're looking towards, you know, different careers away from agriculture because they just they don't see them like going out in the field, getting their hands dirty. You know, it's not always about getting your hands dirty. It's about you know, feeding your country, um, it's, it's a necessity, you know, us two percenters is all we got. And if we're not doing a good job, you know, advocating for, um, your country and, you know, the, the base foundation of your food source, then I don't think we're going to have, um, a, like, I don't know what to say, <laughs> a, a big impact if we're not going to be able to do that. You know, we got to, we got to make sure that we can actually like advertise the importance of why we are needed, you know, bring back those kids back to the farms and reopen their family legacies. Um, my uncle, he decided to uh, start our own farm uh, a few years back. I, I don't even know how old our farm is. I just uh, got back with my family a few years ago. Um, but yeah, this is a, uh, a family affair now. Uh, sure. He just uh, retired from his actual job of welding for 30 years uh, to work full time on the farm. But, you know, we actually have incomes uh, for like working at ConocoPhillips or insurance companies, school teachers. You know, we got to make a little bit of money to help out uh, with our uh, our growing up in the farm, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And that's one thing I like what you said about students or kids just aren't really getting that experience they don't know that they're interested in it and that's what I love about FFA having different activities and stuff where they can go out there and get their hands dirty and see the importance of it as a whole exactly I think uh livestock showing is really important in that uh factor um because you know us kids who show livestock we are constantly getting our hands dirty you know we're always working with our animals cleaning them showing them uh feeding them and if they're you know, if they're sick, we give them their medicine, uh, clean out their pens, you know, all this jazz. And we're we're getting like that sense of responsibility and getting our hands dirty at the same time. Yes, I love that so much. I'm going to kind of go off of that again, too. There's what my, my chapter. I showed roller chicken and just some kids that may not be as active in FFA, but have been in ag for, for a couple of years. Like they go out to the barn that we have or they go out to the chicken building and they're seeing the hard work that goes into this. But they also kind of become interested in it like we have three girls this year that are that watched the show last year 
and they're starting to show broiler chickens this year. That's one of the main things that we do throughout our school showing, but we have more kids this year showing in our FFA chapter than we ever have, and I, I just love to see the growth in that. That's good. That's really good. Uh, last year was pretty good. My ag teacher, um, every year he orders uh, quite a bit of eggs, uh, and we hatch our own chicks. And then, you know, me being me, he asked me, hey, can you feed the chickens? I'm like, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> and the kids who want to show, they're like, hey, can I show some chickens? And my actor's like, heck yeah, let's get you set up. Um, because my act teacher really does care about, you know, our successes. And they want them to grow as much as, you know, he did. He grew up, uh, not, I wouldn't say, um, like, how they are. But, you know, he he's from a different time. So he's, he's wanting to like grow them up and be successful leaders. Yes, I love that so much. We've actually, we've never hatched them. We usually get them when they're like, when they just hatch from the hatchery, we get them the same day. And when they get there, we start dipping their beaks and water and feeding and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's so cool that y'all get to hatch y'all's own. Oh, it, it, sometimes it's a little bit tragic because, you know, not all eggs make it. Um, mm-hmm. And the eggs who don't make it it's kind of stink. But, you know, <laughs> the ones that make it, it it's worth it. Yes, I can see that. The hard work, there's a lot of hard work that goes into livestock, but at the end, it really does pay out. It really does. So, what's your plan for after high school? Um, After high school, I plan on, ever since I was a little girl, I've always loved animals. So, that kind of instilled me that I wanted to be a veterinarian. So, after high school, I plan on attending Louisiana Tech University for pre-veterinary medicine. That's what I want to major in. And if that's still what I want to stick with, because, you know, college, all that, it can be where you really figure out what you really want to do, even when you think you've had it set for a while, but at the end, it's just going to be what God wants you to do. And But if that is what I stick to, the two vet schools I'd really like to go to are Texas A&M or Louisiana State University. But, you know, at that point, getting accepted in any vet school, I'll take whatever I can get. Well, go Bulldogs. You know, LA Tech has a pretty good ag program. Um, I don't know much about Louisiana State. I know they're the Tigers. Um I don't know what their stance is agriculturally. I know they're um, pretty heavy in other majors. And, of course, Texas A&M, they are a heavy, heavy ag school. I um, actually thought about going there. Um, but, you know, I, I prefer my Oklahoma State. Um, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is one of the uh, bigger ag schools in the country. Uh, we have many state officers uh, from different states come over here to us after their uh, year of service or two. Um, you know, it makes me happy. You know, it, it shows that um, Oklahoma State truly does make that impact on agriculture. Um, if you don't know, Josiah um, Krushank, he was a national officer uh, mm-hmm. two years ago, maybe last year. I forget. Um, but his sister, JL, she's also the current Oregon State president. And, um, you know, Josiah, he is at uh, Oklahoma State to finish out his last year of college. Um, you know, it just shows that Oklahoma State is truly making um, agriculture well known than uh, how it was back then. Yes, I love that so much. And like you said, when I think of big agricultural schools, ag- agricultural school schools, oh my goodness, I can't talk. I think like Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and for Louisiana, that would be LSU probably. But I just love that so much. And you can see them oh, – isn't Josiah? I've heard a little bit about Josiah. What do you know? What he's majoring in? Um, I have no idea. I mean, I could ask his sister. Well, either way, it's, it's the he's going back to the home state and giving back to his and going to that school that he loves so much and just knowing how much he cares for that state as a whole. 
I um, you know, <laughs> speaking of college, um, I actually got um the money set aside for college. So here in Oklahoma, we have something called Oklahoma's Promise, and what that is, um, students who don't have parents that went to college. So if you're like a first generation college student, you get um something called Oklahoma's Promise. But, you know, my parents, they didn't go to college, and I haven't seen my parents in 10 years. So my oldest brother, uh, Nick, he decided two years ago uh, that he wanted to take care of me, and then last year he got guardianship. So uh, we got Oklahoma's Promise uh, made and set up for me. So I will be going to Oklahoma State for free no matter what. And because I'm Native American, I will get uh, even more money uh, set aside for Oklahoma State. Um and then, of course, I'm constantly looking at applications for more scholarships because I'm that guy who wants to instill and make sure that I will have a successful four years at college because I want to uh, double major, uh, get an uh, agricultural education degree and an ag comm uh, degree so I can be an ag teacher. And I just can't wait for what my future holds. I love that so much. And hats off to you. I know it can probably be – I know it can kind of be messing with your head a little bit being a first year college student, but it sounds like it sounds like you got everything in the bag. I mean, you sounds like you already have so many responsibilities just in high school, but that shows a lot about how you're willing to take anything on and hit, hit, go ahead first. So that's off to you for that. Thank you. You know, my, my act usually tells me take every opportunity you can. And um, I actually had to remind him of that uh, quite a few times recently. Um, I'm like, hey, Mr. Epperson. And he's like, what? We were just we just finished uh, recording an episode with Gracie Murphy, one of the current national officers. He's like, you know, I want you uh, to be a guest on my podcast. He's like, no, I don't, I can't have the spotlight on me. And I'm like, what What do you say to me all the time? And he's like, what? Take every opportunity that you can, and I want you to take this opportunity. And he's like, okay, fine. You know, some, sometimes you got you got to teach the master. Amen. There you go. I love, it's one of the most fulfilling moments ever when you get to get your ag teacher back with all the encouragement that he gave you and you get to pour it right back to him. It just feels like you're a million bucks right there. He, he makes me feel like a million bucks every single day. He's he's like my father figure in a way. Um, he, he takes really good care of me. Yes, I love that so much. So I want to know about your SAEs, your CDEs, and LDEs. For those who don't know, an SAE is a supervised agricultural experience, a CDE is a career development event, and an LDE is a leadership development event. Okay, so my SAE, I guess you can really say I have multiple different SAEs. I, we raise and show grower chickens, and I also have chickens at my house. Um, we do rope horses, and that's really what I feel about for my proficiency. That's what I've hit on the past couple of years as far as like competitiveness at the state level for that. And then small animal production, we have goats, um, rabbits, stuff like that. And then I kind of help my daddy out around the farm of what I can. That's really a bunch of SAEs really tied together. You can kind of go into a bunch of different categories with that. But as far as CDEs, I've competed in agronomy and vet science. Vet science is by far my favorite CDE. Well, I've only competed in two, but it is my favorite. (laughs) I love getting to learn about different breeds and stuff like that. It just really kind of preparing me for what I'm interested in. And then only LDE I've done is employment skills, but I love it so much. It's, I'm going into my second year of doing it, and I just really feel like that's preparing me for, obviously, all FFA stuff can prepare you for real-life experiences, but 
going into different job interviews, filling out cover letters, resumes, stuff like that. That's stuff that I'm going to be doing here shortly as I approach the real world, real world, which is something that feels weird saying out loud. But it's really, really helping me prepare for what I'm about to see in the future. That's good. Um, so you did mention public speaking uh, earlier in this episode. Uh, do you do any public speaking prepared or uh, extemp? I do. I don't do any of those, but employment skills is, I guess, that's my public speaking, I guess is what you could say. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually, I love that you have a small animal production and it's like a wide range. That's pretty interesting because, um, you know, on the family farm, we have uh, a small herd of cattle. But, you know, my uncle, he won't let me show any of them. So, you know, me being stubborn and wanting to show, uh, my best friend in the whole wide world decided, hey, if you want to show, let's get you a goat. And I'm like, heck yeah. And <laughs> I, I love goats so much. They're they're funny, they're cute, and they're just, they're, they're fun to show. So that's my first SAE. Um, well, technically that's my second. My first ever SAE was my freshman year. Um, my family, they... Uh, we uh, chop up logs and sell them as firewood. That didn't really go nowhere because, you know, it was like the end of winter when I started that and people were already buying out logs. So I I, I deleted that um, off my AET. But my uh, my current ones right now is goat production. It's just a fancy shank, uh, saying of I show goats. Uh, <laughs> my second SAE is uh, metal work. What I do there is I program uh, on a computer, designs however I want. Uh, I have businesses come to me asking, hey, can you print this out for me? Uh, do what you need to do. I'm like, heck yeah, uh, pay me up a little bit. And I will cut out uh, stuff on plasma tables, which is really fun. Um, it's always a learning process. You know, every day I learn something new about that. Um, it's really interesting to me. And then my third SAE, you guessed it, this is very podcast. Um, again, I spent a little bit over 80 bucks on this. Um, you know, you got to pay money to make more money. And I truly do believe in that. Um, and you know, I'm looking for sponsors, you know, I already got a couple businesses wanting to sponsor me, but you know, a couple ain't really going to cover everything. So I got, I'm finding 10. I, I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, uh, my CDEs and LDEs, I'm not too exciting either. Um, I do participate in the vet science CDE too. Um, of course I only went to two competitions, but it is super fun. Um, the first one was at a, uh, college, uh, here in Oklahoma. It was, it had an Aggie day, so it was even better. And then the second one was a, a quiz bowl and that was pretty fun too. Of course, our team was like dead last, um, because, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that, that one has a funny story to it. Um, and then this year. I'm starting up uh, livestock judging. So we already got a team set up. We're looking for dates to practice for Tulsa State Fair. Um, I'll be participating in shotgun sports. And I do public speaking, of course. And, yeah, that's that's really it. I love that so much. You have a – it's very well – from vet science to the podcast to now going into livestock judging. It's a very real, well-rounded. And with all the different essays, I just love that so much. I am a pretty well-rounded person, I might say. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'm bouncing from one thing to another, you know. Um, I'm pretty active in everything in my school, and I just, I like being around people. I just, I try and be as active as I can, and 
if I may say it, I do not like being home. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do not say I do not like staying in my room uh, for a long time unless I'm talking to somebody. Um, like right now, people, guess what? Almost every interview I do, I lay in my bed <laughs> with, with with a blanket on me. I am currently laying in my bed with a blanket on me, and I am interviewing uh, a guest right now. So that's what I do uh, in my free time. Well, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't laying in my bed covered up too. So there, there we go. <laughs> uh, so, what are you most excited about this? Well, I guess you already started school. What are you most excited about this school year? Um. I'm really excited. It's, I mean, I, I'm not excited this my senior year, but I am excited to see what we can accomplish my senior year as far as my chapter. Um, like I said, we are, are we. I mean, my chapter was chartered, chartered in 1930, but the activity, amount of activity we've had throughout the years, it's kind of varies. And this right now is probably the most active we've been ever. And this being my senior year, really the third year that my chapter has been up and going. I'm really excited to see what we can do. And because we, this is the first year ever that my chapter is getting recognized as a national chapter award or a national chapter award. So I'm hoping that we can continue to build off of that. We're actually, we like already school just started. We're working on stuff for that. Um, we, we have more people that are competing in public speaking this year than we ever have. We have more people already signed up for spring CDs than we ever have. People are already interested in like, hey, how can I fill out a proficiency application for my SAE? Like, what is my SAE? How can I get one started? And just seeing how it more interested students are becoming year by year is just something I love to see. And I'm really excited to see how I'm really sad to leave. I really don't want to, but I'm excited to see how it's going to play out for my senior year and how it's going to continue to grow. You know, um, I have a lot of seniors on this podcast or, you know, people who are actually in college or taking a gap year. Um, I guess I'm kind of blessed because I'm a junior right now in high school and um, they're like, oh my gosh, there's no way because you have facial hair and you look like you're 30. Well, <laughs> newsflash, I'm only 16. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard because you're like, oh my gosh, you're almost out of school. Um, you're going to miss your friends when you graduate, but you still got so much to do while you're here. And I can really see how much you care about your students in your chapter right now. You know, you want to see how far they go before you leave. Um, and that's really, you know, how it ends for every senior. So I actually really can't wait to see where you go in your future. Thank you so much. It seems like, I mean, you and your chapter seem like y'all are so active and do so many things. So I have the same feeling for y'all. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we ju- uh, we got the uh, chap- National Chapter Award three-star uh, this year. So I'm excited. And we're going to national convention. Well, hopefully I'll see you there. We'll be there, but we're we're two star. Y'all are y'all y'all top us out. I gotta say that. Yeah, I okay, so um I have a very big question. And my ag teacher, I tried asking him this, but he just uh, like blew me off today, so I was like, Okay, fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> how does one get a one star or two star? Do they fill out a separate application or like what do you do um, you know oh, i'm sorry go ahead so like how how does that happen if you like fill up for a national three star i'm not really sure how that works i'm being completely honest with you but i don't think that there's separate things that you fill out i think everybody just fills out one 
And then the judges for it, or however that works for different states, they decide if it's a one-star, two-star, three-star, that kind of thing. But don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure. I may be completely wrong, but I'm, I don't think they fill out different applications or whatever you want to call it. Okay. You know, I was, I was wondering that today because on the uh, local newspaper, they posted us in, uh, online and, you know, hey, Dewey FFA is top 10% uh, in the nation, you know, big deal. It is a big deal, but, you know, I was like, you know, how does one get a two-star and one-star? Um, 27 chapter, 26, 27, I forget, it was somewhere around there. Uh, chapters in Oklahoma got either a three, two, or one-star uh, award, and I was like, how does one get that? I, I was just really curious. That's something I'm not sure of. You got me kind of wondering about that now. I have to do my research. Yeah, we're, we're both going to have to do a little bit of homework tonight. <laughs> so, I have some fun questions because, you know me, I'm a very fun person. And I like to have my listeners know that we have uh, pretty interesting lives, uh, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so, what is your funniest FFA moment or moments? Oh, gosh. Um, I'd say this is kind of embarrassing thinking about it about now but good thing it's only me and my ag teacher but i can't help but crack up every time i think about it <laughs> so like i said i showed broiler chickens and one time it was just me and my ag teacher out there we were calling chickens and you know not all of them make it that's the unfortunate part about it but that's just part of it it's gonna happen and so just we were just gonna go ahead and get it out of his misery that's the easiest way to say it so he said come here ellie you're about to do this so i said okay he said put your fingers on his neck and just pull and i said okay he said, you're going to hear a pop. And I kept on doing it, and I wasn't here a pop. He said, just pull a little harder. I did it. No pop. Pulled a little harder. No pop. So I finally just look away, and I just yank it. I look back down, and the head's in one hand, and the body's in the other. Oh, my and like, gosh. <laughs> blood and animals doesn't bother me that much, but I wasn't expecting it. And it was twitching, and, like, the eyes are moving still, and it scared the mess out of me. So I threw the chicken, and... <laughs> If I would have been trying to do this, it would have never happened. But it just so happened to hit the only post behind our ag building and blow went everywhere. My ag teacher's dying laughing at me about fell out the chicken building. I'm dying laughing. Can't catch my breath because I'm laughing so hard. I'm scared Uh-oh. to death of what just happened. But that was one of the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. But also it scared me the most. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I can't unsee that. I can see that vividly right here in my face. Oh my <laughs> gosh, man! Oh, you gotta have more. If you're that fun, you gotta have more. Um, <laughs> I have quite a few. What, what else do I got? Um, we did. Um, I'm I'm not sure how many other schools do this. I'm sure it's not just us. But every time we go somewhere, or not every time. But at State Convention this year, we um, it was the night after, I, th- I can't remember what it was the night after. We just got recognized for something as a chapter. And one thing that we love to do as a chapter is go eat Mexican food. <laughs> so after we got through eating, we went to Mexican. And then we just, we like to tell the, the people that it's my teacher's birthday. So oh, yeah. they came out there and we, they started singing happy birthday to him. We started singing the whole restaurant was like, what the heck's going on? And there was other chapters there that we were like, we're really close to. And they knew it wasn't his birthday. And they're like, what is going on? But it was really fun. I mean, that's not necessarily embarrassing or nothing for me. But it's just something I like to look back on. We can just say, Mangum FFA, 
We we like to have fun. <laughs> that that's every FFA chapter, you know. Um, we call another chapter who's like fifteen minutes away from us, you know, our sister chapter. Um, because my act teacher and uh, one of their act teachers act like um their boyfriend and boyfriend, you know, Th- they're really close. <laughs> they're, they're really good friends. Um, so any competition that we're both at, we are together and we're just having a fun time. Um, so Colt Conference last year, I don't know if Louisiana has a Colt Conference, but here we have Chapter Officer Leadership Training, you know, Colt for short. Um, so mm-hmm. after that, we went to, you know what, a Mexican restaurant. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh man, we're, we're just having such a fun time. My bestie's making her cat food out of, um, you know, her enchiladas. I'm kind of grossed <laughs> out about it. And then, um, one of my officers, he goes, you know, I have a really great idea because, uh, Candy Valley's, uh, ag teacher was with us too. And Mr. Epperson, my ag teacher, he's kind of in on it. So we tell the waitress, Hey, it's his birthday today. We need to sing happy birthday. And, you know, she's like, okay, on it. And so all of us are looking at him at the end of the table. He's like, what did you guys do this time? And then we're, all, and then I'm like, okay, just wait. <laughs> and then I get my, I get my phone out. And then the waitress and some other uh, chefs and such, you know, bring out a little bit of that cream stuff. And we're all singing happy birthday. <laughs> and the, the restaurant's laughing. Other chapters, you know, we didn't know much about them. They're laughing at us too. And then um, the ag teacher goes, I hate you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love that. That is one thing that will never stop being funny to me is acting like it's somebody's birthday when it's really not. But there's just something so funny about it. It's always that, you know, we just have we just got a little uh, have a little bit of fun with drag teachers, even if they don't want it. Um, <laughs> oh, man. So I, I said something about the uh, quiz bowl and um, I, I kind of wish I didn't say that. Um because this really embarrassed me, you know, secondhand. So, you know, it's the second round. We're going against uh, this one school that's pretty good at it. And the question was, what is the most consumed meat in America? And, you know, she's to my left, and I'm like, it is poultry. I'm not, I'm not saying it because I'd be cheating, but I'm like, it's poultry, it's poultry, it's poultry. She goes, is it beef? <laughs> and- uh, the girl across from us is like, is it beef? And then the, the guy says no. And so the girl on my left, she she has that turn. You know, she could steal it. She says red. Red? She, sa- she says red meat. I can't contain myself because <laughs> red and beef is the same thing. And after, after that quiz, well, I am like, are you kidding me, girl? How do you not know that you raise cattle yourself? And she's like, what do you mean? Beef and red aren't the same thing. I'm like, yes, they are. In my actor, he is howling his head off because it's just so funny. I'm, I I got secondhand embarrassment because of that. <laughs> that is, oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I, oh, I can definitely say that we've had some embarrassing. It's just so funny. Like, well, I'm not sure about y'all, but we have to look like to get really competitive when it comes to stuff like that. And we don't have quiz bowl. But when it comes to different CDs and stuff, me and the specific person on our set off, or not our set officer team, on my chapter officer team, we go head to head every single time. And we'll be sitting there like, it's this, it's this, it's this. And when <laughs> one of us is right and one of us is wrong, it's just like the funniest thing to watch us argue about it. You always have that one person in your chapter officer team who's like, no, it's this, it's this, it's that. I'm like, I'm like okay, whatever. Whatever, whatever just, you say. Just, just wait until I'm right. <laughs> 
and then I'm right, and they're like, I should have kept my mouth shut. <laughs> oh man, um, Connor State College. This one, I always gotta tell the story because you know I could die this day. So we're uh, the girls. You know, I'm the only guy at this uh, competition with the girls, and you know, me being a social butterfly, I'm hanging out with my friends from a, across the state, and you know, it's an Aggie day, so I'm playing football and cornhole and all these other games and the girls are just tired. They don't want to be there. And then they're like, Jake, we want to go home. My <laughs> ag teacher, he's like, okay, Jake, I'm sorry, but you know, the girls don't want to be here. I'm like, okay, fine. So we stop in Tulsa, uh, to get some grub. We uh, get in the restaurant, we eat, we pay, we're fat and happy. We're going back to the parking lot to the suburban. So, Mind you, my stuff has been the front seat all day. The girl's stuff has been the back seat. I'm the only guy, so it kind of makes sense. I'm up front. I don't like sleeping in cars, and I let the girls have aux because, you know, they don't like my playlist. It's too grandpa-ish for them. And I I like talking to my ag teacher, and, you know, we're just having a good time. My friend Marissa, love her to death. She goes, Jake, I want the front seat. No, you know, you got your blanket, you got your stuff back in in the back seat. I got my stuff up here. We're going to be home in about an hour and a half. No, she didn't take that lightly. <laughs> so I hop up uh, in the front seat and then I close my door, roll up my window. She flings my door open. She says, Jake, I want to count to three. And if you don't get out, I'm going to drag you out. <laughs> my, I could have died this day, mind you. So she <laughs> says, one two and then i said three four how about you shut my door i <laughs> slam my door as hard as i can i quickly lock my door and my ag teacher he is laughing his head off because he has never seen this it, and we're both red in the face at this point because we're, we're just we couldn't contain ourselves and then marissa her face is just beat red she's mad you can see the steam coming out of her ears and she's like she she goes to the back seat and doesn't talk to me for the rest of the car ride and us two in the in the front we're just we're just so we're we're just laughing because we've never done that it's just so funny oh man it's (laughs) i could have died in so many situations because of her but that's one memory i love to i love to share the battles over the front seat will never end i don't think even like as you get older they never end they they never do, and you know, even if you do call shotgun, you know, you still got to fight for it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, I think Jillian uh, told you I would ask this question because it's quite important to us Southerners, uh, especially <laughs> because of you know the Deep South. What do you prefer, Chick Fil A or Raising Cane's? You know, okay, this is a really hard question for me, and she didn't warn me about this, so we're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> but chicken is my absolute favorite food in the earth, on this earth. I will eat that, set, like, all my meals seven days in a row. And my favorite thing to do is go to the Mexican restaurant and order chicken strips and dip it in queso. Don't, <laughs> don't knock it until you try it. It's very good. And Chick-fil-A and Cane's, they're right there together. I, lo- I love both of them. You know, chick fil A's the Lord's chicken. And Cane's, that, like, you can't beat that sauce. So, but if, if I had to absolutely choose between one or the other, I think I'd have to go with Cane's. I love Chick-fil-A, but Cane's would probably be the winner because, like I said, you just can't beat that sauce and that bread. and just It's just, it's just everything about it. 
Okay, you saved yourself with the bread. I'm going to give you that. You saved yourself with the bread. If you just <laughs> if you left out the bread and said that Kansas is better because of the sauce, I was going to end this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, so you know, for me, I love both restaurants. They're they're both just so good. Uh, Raising Cane's is more of a delicacy to me because it's not close to me. Uh, the nearest one is about 45 minutes away in Owasso, Oklahoma. Um, you know, I live near Bartlesville, which is one of our other major cities, and we have a Chick-fil-A up here. Um, you know, I get Chick-fil-A all the time. It's just Lord's Chicken, like you said. Um, and, you know, the customer service and the, uh, the variety of food is just way better than Raising Cane's. And, you know, Raising Cane's has like, I don't know, nine items total on their menu. It's not much. But, you know, when every time I visit Owasso, um, because I have family down there, they're like, hey, you want to go ra- uh, get Raising Cane's? You know, your you're one time. I'm like, heck yeah, I do. So <laughs> I order the same thing every time I go. I get the number three with the chicken strips, extra bread, and a Sprite. That is where I go because it's just a delicacy to me. The bread is just, oh, so fluffy, perfect amount of buttering. It's nice and warm, and it has that perfect amount of crisp to it. You know, it's, it's, it's better. There you go. I mean, funny story, actually, the night that we got home from said officer summit, um, we all said we have got to go get canes. We've got to go get canes. <laughs> we actually got laid over and we were stuck in Washington, D.C. a day, like a day more than we were supposed to be. So we didn't get back to our hotel in Baton Rouge until about ooh, like 1130, 12, maybe. And we had two of our set officers that had to go help one of our state staff members get their stuff to their house out at like one o'clock in the morning looking for canes that was open did they do it yes they did (laughs) and was that the best canes i ever had yes it was 1 a.m canes that's crazy it's the best you know the only like time i've gone out uh to eat like really late at night um was at a waffle house (laughs) oh you can't beat waffle house late at night no no i've never had a perfect waffle before i've had uh, waffle house I'm being straight up with you. <sighs> After Ropens and Livestock shows, that is the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I haven't had Waffle House ever since that, but, you know, still. Uh, <laughs> this question I've been asking quite recently because, you know, I, I kind of find it important. It was once a shower thought, literally. Um, I was thinking about this because, um, you know, I love music. Um, I like to sing a lot. Um, I have my own concerts. You know, what song meet like speaks to you? What what's your favorite song and what does it mean to you? Oh gosh. I, I, my favorite song, that kind of changes on a weekly basis. You know, you got that one that's stuck in your head and just won't leave. <laughs> but just about all the music I listen to, I'm kind of with you. Most of the music I listen to is old country music, Christian, like Zach Bryan, Cody Johnson, that that type stuff. Okay. But if I had to say one song, I love By Your Grace by Cody Johnson. Yeah. It really shows that no matter like you can do stuff by his grace you know it's literally in the name and it just holds a special meaning in my heart because it's first of all it's cody johnson i love me some cody johnson um went to go see him in concert one of the best nights of my life and just the meaning that it holds it and just like the godly aspect of it i just love so much yes i love cody johnson so much uh he was actually number two on my uh, spotify uh most listened to behind john party um, which is kind of weird because I listen to more Cody Johnson than I do John Party. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. John Party's a legend in my opinion. 
Um, but, you know, I can really get down with Cody Johnson. Uh, I went to a leadership camp this summer um, for FFA and 4-H members, and uh, they have a talent show every like before every session. Uh, so the theme for the day I sang on was America Day. And uh, what better way to perform a song uh, was, you know, to wear a World War II uniform. Uh, so, you know, I brought that, wore it, and the song I sang was Traveling Soldier, the cover uh, oh. of the Dixie Chicks by Cody Johnson. Mm, I, mm, I love that song so much. So I sang that, and it was it was so surreal for me, because I haven't had that many eyes look at me in a while, you know, while I sang. So it, it was kind of like, it was kind of crazy in the moment because, you know, you're wearing a World War II uniform, you know, like how long ago, 80 years ago now, many decades before you were even thought of, you know, it's, it's a whole different feeling. Yes, that is crazy. I, I love how they y'all have talent shows at y'all's camp. You said it was a camp for FFA members and 4-H members? Yes. Yeah, so there's a insurance company. Uh, American Farmers and Ranchers. It is Oklahoma-based, and they are huge advocates for us uh, FFA and 4-H members. So they have this uh, this camp every year in uh, OKC. Mm-hmm. I love that. We have in our leadership camps and stuff. We have different competitions for different things, but I know a bunch of states have like actual uh, talent shows at their uh, state conventions that go up throughout the whole week. We've never done that, but I think that's really interesting. Something I because I, I like I like to go on there and look at videos and stuff. I know Texas FFA has a pile of them that I go watch, like especially so many people that are singing. So that's really cool. I love to look at that. Oh yeah, um, our state convention. We only have two days of convention, but you know it's really action packed. Uh, we have talent shows, uh, both in the BOK, you know, in front of everybody, and then we have our smaller shows um, in the Cox Business Center, which is across the street. You know, where all the uh, businesses and uh, such, you know, advertise themselves and you can like buy little gift shops and shirts and such. Uh, really cool. You know, um, my buddy from another chapter and I, um, we are singing uh, Long Live Cowgirls by Ian Munzik and Cody Johnson. Uh, mm. We've already started practicing and it's, it's awesome. I can't wait to uh, fill out that application for state convention. That's a good one. Uh, I wish all best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm actually kind of nervous because, you know, 15,000 people is a lot more than 500 to 1,000. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any advice for me and the listeners of the show? Um, Some advice that I would say is just, I guess I, w- I wish I would have told myself this in FFA because it's when I first got started, just in for FFA and in general, don't just because you might fail the first time, don't give up. I mean, it, that could be a lesson that God is, is going to try and teach you or a lesson that you need to learn for yourself. That's something that most people are just like, oh, I didn't do it this time. Might as well not even do it. Let's move on to something else. But there's definitely a lot of things, especially things that I'm interested in, that I had to face a lot of failure before I found success in them. Whether that's FFA, whether that's team roping, whether that's anything that I might do. So I'll definitely say if you – if you just keep on, you think you're about to give up, you just can't do it anymore. Just keep on pushing and give it to God and everything that you do. And just remember that it's going to play out one way or another. And usually it's going to be in the best benefit for you. God first, guys. God first.
Yes, amen. That, that is, that's our main thing, God first, you know. It, it's it's important that, you know, us Christians, um, you know, really try and look up to uh, our faith even more because, you know, um, it, it's really important to be, um, you know, faithful to him at all times. It's, you know, in recent times, it's been pretty tough on us because, you know, there's just so much negativity. But, you know, us Christians uh, and better yet FFA members, we have the power to not look at that and, you know, be the, the chain breaker and uh, make a positive impact instead of a negative one. Yes, I love that so much. And, like, that's that's what we're really called to do. So just being able to see that playing out in different ways, like I was saying, and not just FFA, but through that and through just showing somebody a smile at school, things like that, it can really change just how that person's day is going and just the aspect as a whole. Do you have any questions for me? Yes, actually, I do have a question for you. I've been wondering this because I know you've done a bunch of interviews with a bunch of different people from around the United States and stuff like that. What is the most interesting thing you've ever heard on that went while you were interviewing somebody? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, man, I've heard a lot of stories. Oh, this, oh, man, this is, I don't even know how to answer this. <laughs> You know, there's just so much going on. Like, what episode is this? Like, this is 35. 34 <laughs> other people ahead of you. Man. That's a tough one. Man. I got to hit you with a challenge. Yeah, that is a big challenge. I was not ready for that. Man, I'm supposed to be ready. I'm supposed to be the, the, the ready one. <laughs> Shoot. Oh man. Oh man, I'm on the spot right now. This is this is a really tough question, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh man. I have a brain fart right now. I can't think. There's just there's so much craziness. I, I can change it a little bit if I need to. What is one of the most interesting things? One of the most okay, so it, it could be funny too. Does that help a little bit? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so this, this one story, I, it, it, it's my very first one, uh, my very first guest. He is one of my best friends and, uh, he's also president of his chapter in here in Oklahoma. So, you know, we have something called big three in Oklahoma and what that is, um, it's a giant livestock judging competition that spans for three days at Oklahoma State University. So, you know, they're all done with the competition. They, they're all hungry. They're wanting to go home. Um, so they only brought one Suburban, and uh, they had sushi. And, uh, like, if you don't want sushi, you can go to this other restaurant across the street from it. On their way home. <laughs> So, you know, the guys in the back are making gagging noises, you know, <laughs> just faking throwing up, you know, just, just being stupid. And then a few minutes later, a weird smell like comes through the air in the, in the car and nobody threw up. And so they're still gagging. And this one girl, she throws up for real. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way this actually happened. And he's like, yes, it did. So their act teacher, he's, he swerves on the side of the road and the, the kids get out and they're running everywhere and everybody's screaming. <laughs> I, I'm dying laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never do this. 
Um, there's there's other ones too. I was I was laughing so much with Asia, um, Asia Massey. Yeah, uh, she is the Utah FFA state reporter. Oh, yeah, I, I, I met her at a state officer summit. She's so fun. I love her yes. so much. Um, she's actually sending me a um a bracelet to uh, raise awareness about uh her type of cancer that she had. Um, mm. I'm expecting that through the mail sometime soon. So I'm excited. Yes, that's a real cool. That, yes, I mean, cancer's not cool, but that's cool that, that that's the awareness how she's doing that. And oh shoot, I forgot uh, to I uh, took off one of my bracelets in the shower. Um, I I love wearing uh, bracelets for like certain meetings. Uh, one bracelet I have is a pineapple like rubber band. Uh, I got that at my first ever state convention my freshman year, and uh, some girl she's like, hey. Um, here you go. Here's a bracelet and make it a great day. I'm like, you know, that's my saying. I've never heard anybody else say that to me. And I've worn that pineapple bracelet ever since. And, uh, <laughs> the one I currently have on that I can't take off, uh, cause it's a burn bracelet. Um, I got that at a uh, leadership camp this summer, uh, for student council. And it's like a promise saying that, um, I will continue growing in my leadership and, you know, be the leader that people need. So that that's one thing I find important. Yes, that's extremely important. My, uh, oh yeah, a good interesting one was um, uh, Gracie Murphy. She is a, you know, current national officer, of course. Um, something she said that uh, really caught my attention was um, her favorite state that she got to visit was Louisiana. And you wouldn't believe the reason why. Does it have something to do with some gumbo? Yes. She she came to my chapter during National FFA Week and we made her gumbo. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was it. your chapter. Yes. Yep. Uh, that was yes. one of the coolest things. Gracie is so sweet. So the reason why that caught my attention was because um, my grandma, God rest her soul, um, every Thanksgiving and dinner, she would make us a pot of gumbo. She never told anybody else the recipe um, until a few months before she passed away because she knew she was getting ready to, to pass away and she gave the recipe to my brother. Um, and it's one of the high honors he's get, gotten yet um, to get that recipe from my grandma. And, you know, he just can't wait to make it for Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas this year. Um, well, she, he made it like, this past Christmas, Thanksgiving, she died last March, uh, not last March, uh, 2022 March. So it, it's been, it was weird not having her make the gumbo, but you know, it, it, it still holds a pretty, uh, good place in my heart. Yes. I love to see y'all carry that on. There's just something about passing down them grandma recipes. They just, <laughs> they just, sometimes they just don't compare. It's not the same, but it's still the fact you're getting to carry it on. Yeah. I, I, I miss my grandma. Um, 2022 was not my year. Um, I've I've had four people pass away in, in 30 days or less, and then uh, last year in September, my uh, my mother, my biological mother, passed away. Um, she's the reason why I'm always telling everybody don't do drugs and alcohol because it will kill you one way or another. Um, so yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for all your losses and stuff. I know that can't be easy, especially that was not even a whole, I mean, 2023 is 
not even over yet. Yeah, it's not even over yet. But you know, it, it's still going. It's it's been a pretty good year so far. Um, a lot of surprises, I'll tell you. But you know, I'm just I'm rolling. There you go. That's the way to get through it all. I'm rolling. Do you have any more questions for me? I love answering these questions, even though I might get put on the spot. Um. So, are you thinking about running for state office? Yes, I am actually. Um, so I've, I've finally made a decision of what I want to run for, and I would like to run for state secretary. Um, you're probably wondering why state secretary of all uh, offices in Oklahoma State. Um, well, I like to uh, I like seeing people, and I like going far um, away from my current home. Um, I love I love being on the road. You know, even if I'm not the one driving. Um, and you know, I got to learn that some of the state officer candidates, uh, who were running for state, uh, secretary or reporter, they, uh, got to travel the state a lot. And, uh, I'm like, you know what? I'd like to do that too. You know, just on my free time, uh, getting to meet people, you know, like make my campaign a little bit better. Um, and you know, they have a lot of cool responsibilities. Um, and I'm, I'm like, you know what? That's, that seems interesting to me. My current uh, chapter secretary, he is one of my best friends, and um, he is always doing these cool things, um, you know, with his notebook and such. And I'm like, you know what, I, I think I'm a pretty organized person, uh, regardless if my room is messy. Uh, I, could, I could do that for the state if I could. Um, and, you know, I actually have a really big heart for my association here in Oklahoma, Um you know, my state has really given a lot to me, and I feel like after my senior year, I want to do the same thing for them. Yes, I love that so much, especially, I mean, you're getting yourself well prepared with all the leadership positions that you're taking, and I definitely feel like you're going to blow it out the water. Yeah, and uh, the current FFA state officers here in Oklahoma, um, I've had three so far. Uh, nope, four. Yeah, four now um, on the podcast, and, you know, I'm always asking them, uh, questions and I, I'm actually pretty close with them and I love them to death um, some of the greatest people I've ever got to meet on the face of this earth and I just I look up to them and I just I really hope to God you know God willing that he, he puts me in that position um, I can be the leader that they are yeah I'm sure that's I love that you said that about the set officer team last year set officer team is really what encouraged me to run to because they they made time out of their day like, if I showed up to an event, they knew my name. And that's just something that warmed my heart so much. Like, these people, these jackets that have association on the back of them, they know my name. Like, that's so cool to me. And so I just wanted to be able to do the same with that. And I think that's so cool. That's kind of the same deal for you. And all these state officers from across the country, I look up to them. You know, I'm like, oh, hey, look, uh, another state officer. And then when I, I'm done with the conversation, I'm like, this is so awesome. You know, they, they're sharing their story and they, they haven't even met me in person yet. And it's just the coolest thing because they're just willing to talk to you um, for, I don't know, an hour straight uh, or more. And I love it so much because they truly care about making a difference. And I want to do that, too. Um, you know, JL uh, from Oregon, you know who she is. Um, you know, we we text randomly and it's just it's awesome because she truly cares about what I have to say. And I truly care what she has to say. Um, you know, it could be something random, like, you know, looking out for wasp or, um, Oklahoma state football is, it's just random things like that. And we don't even have to talk much about agriculture in general. We're just having a good time on the face of the earth. 
Yeah, I love that so much. Um, do you have any more questions for me? Hmm, let me. That might be just about all I can think of. I think I, I think we both been hit with some pretty, pretty difficult questions to sit here and answer. This been <laughs> real fun. I've enjoyed being on here with you. Well, you're so welcome. I enjoyed it too. I love talking to uh, state officers. I actually had a um, a nearly two hour conversation with Jillian, uh, oh the first <laughs> Louisiana state officer I've gotten to interview, which Mama is Jill. She will talk your ear off, but she's I love Jillian so much. She's so sweet. She really is. <laughs> I, I I just love uh, talking to you guys. I can't wait to um, have the rest of your team. I have. Uh, Camille on, and I have uh, who else from Louisiana? I have Allie Hubbard uh, right after her, uh, Kirsten, and yeah, I have uh, I have them three. I know Allie's not on your team uh, like anymore. Uh, I think she, yeah, she's a past uh, officer, but still is pretty cool. Yeah, she was on the team last year. But all all those people, you're gonna you're gonna have a good time. <laughs> I've had a great time with every single guest I've had. I've had such a good time. I love. I, I just love this podcast so much. I've got to listen to it a little bit. I didn't get to listen to Julian's, but I'm going to have to go back on there and listen to hers. Oh, yeah. Now we're in 56 minutes. Oh, goodness. Ooh. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> For some reason, that does not surprise me. <laughs> believe it or not, she is not the longest episode. What's been your longest episode? Two hours on the dot. Two hours on the dot. On oh, the dot. Goodness. Well, I think like 16 seconds, but still. Uh <laughs> Um, that was with Bobby Ray um, from uh, Georgia. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. So that that's that's crazy. Oh, my goodness. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ellie. I had such a wonderful time with you. It's been a great night uh, talking to yet another state officer and, you know, a fellow agriculturist who just wants to share the importance of agriculture. And I find that truly inspiring. Because it pushes me every day to continue. Yes, Jacob. I had such a good time on here with you tonight. And I just love, like I said, I just love your mission setting out to stand up for what you believe in through agriculture and continue and do your best with it each and every day. And I wish you and your chapter the best of luck in what y'all continue to do. Thank you so much. As always, why are we here? We believe. (laughs) Because we believe. Because we believe. There we go. (laughs) You had it. You had it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Thank you so much, Ellie Timms. Everybody, make it a great day and be kind to somebody.